Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Quantum Consumer Podcast with Brandon Cox, the epicenter of science and technology conversation with a little dabbling in pop culture and the like. QCP separates opinion from fact and overall just has a great time, whether there are guests on the show or not. Here's your host. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Quantum Consumer Podcast. Welcome back, Nathan. It's so great to have you. Hey, what's up? So, uh, so yeah, what we got here today. Um, so today was supposed to be where we recorded the special, right? Yeah. We were going to record yeah. like an episode 10 special. Of course, the listener is going to know that, wait a second, there's not 10 episodes out. So how is that going to work? Uh, <laughs> so I was supposed to record two previous episodes uh, for just filler content, right? Mm-hmm. So like some space science news and stuff right. like that. But I just didn't work other things, you know. Uh, but, you know, we were supposed to have another guest, tragically enough. But uh, he's yeah. not with us here right now. He's a little busy right now. Yeah, a little busy uh, taking care of some stuff. Uh, but he will be on uh, the next episode. Hopefully we'll have him. Um, it's uh, So we're, we kind of, we have the itinerary for the actual podcast episode here. Uh, so we're going to kind of, uh, we exonate some of the stuff that is privy to him, uh, where he's most knowledgeable about. And we will go ahead and stick with some stuff that we've kind of skimmed through. Would you say, Nathan, yeah. that we've uh, skimmed through the uh, the docket here and uh, kind of isolated some stuff that we can go ahead and talk about today? Uh, this this episode will be episode eight, so it'll be kind of like a standard episode, and then episode nine will be our special. So uh, look forward to that, folks. But uh, let's go ahead and get on with it. Yeah. Alcohol review is up next. Um, <laughs> so uh, today, folks, we're not going to be drinking. However, I will tell you... Uh, how much I viscerally hate and despise Maker's Mark. Which is weird because you gave us some like um, yeah. a couple of barbecues ago. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah. So we, we did a whiskey tasting over here, right? So I just gave you some whiskey to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't remember if anybody liked it or not. I don't remember. I think I'm just projecting my personal <laughs> taste onto people. I don't it's remember. It's the one with the wax it. on it, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, standard, it wasn't that good. It's a Kentucky bourbon. I believe Maker's Mark is like I'm I'm all for um, Americana, um, you know, uh, whiskey and, and and, you know, homemade, you know, breweries of beer and stuff. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. I, I don't I didn't so like it. I think it's mostly because I don't like bur- I think it's just because I don't like bourbon. I don't think you've had a sweet bourbon. And I say that as a person that doesn't like super sweet liquors. Uh, there's a oh, no, no, no. I apologize. I meant a brandy. My bad. I love brandy. Okay. Because that's sweet. That's usually sweet. I love brandies. E&J vanilla. Really good. Uh, I haven't tried any other brands of brandy, but Mm -hmm. brandy is good. I like brandy. Um, 
So unfortunately, we're not going to have a review. Mm-hmm. We'll do yeah. a we'll do a alcohol when, review when, uh, once Parker's on. Yeah, we'll do a yeah. proper alcohol review when. Uh, I, I think when, he's hit, I think he's, he's had a little more uh, time swimming in that ocean than us. Yeah, probably, uh, especially <laughs> as of late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, Jesus. So we're going to go ahead and move on to segment one. Um, something popped into my head when I was thinking about what we're going to be talking about for the special. So this is kind of one of the. One of the one of the topics, and I, I imagine we'll be talking we'll, with we'll Parker about this be, later. Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about it again. Uh, I, I'm more than willing to rehash stuff. Cause... Oh yeah, 100. Um, percent Especially. Oh, actually, you know what? Um, something that I've been meaning to do, and honestly, so we separate, you know, fact from opinion, as the intro says. Um, and y- if I do. am if you... I am cor- right, if I am incorrect, I am going to go ahead and clarify that uh, if, at the start of the next if episode. I'm incorrect. Um, I will use violence to fix reality. So episodes <laughs> set episode six and seven, I had said some things that were not entirely accurate. Um, so when you had asked me the question about when we're talking about the sun and how a photon takes ten thousand years to get to the outside of the sun, um. There is still active emission of photons occurring mm. at the outer atmosphere levels of the um, of the sun. And to answer your previous question, the different layers of the atmosphere, different layers of the sun, uh, we'll go ahead and pull up right here because uh, that was a specific uh, specific answer that you had asked. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can go ahead and just find a you know look at that. So the chromosphere. Uh, is this sort of thinnish layer. It's around 1,300 uh, miles uh, thick. 1,300 miles thick. It c- consists of the chromosphere, photosphere, um, and then beyond that region, that's when you get to like, the corona, where you have like the beautiful like solar winds and stuff that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, below that, you have a, a region that is... Oh, I see. I see. This diagram is just really wonkily made. Um, so, thirty-six miles from the solar core, mm-hmm. we have the radiate radiative zone. Three hundred nineteen thousand miles outside of that, we have from the core. We have the convection zone, so where we have most of our turbulations of thermal energy, right? And then 432,000, that's when you start getting into that chromosphere and photosphere. So those are the different layers. I was not very, I just answered it as, you know, like a, like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> so we're just going to go and clarify some of that stuff. I'm sure I missed some stuff. So when I review the previous episodes, we'll go and talk about some stuff more. But um, I don't know what it was that got me onto the topic of ge- human genetic engineering. Um, I think it's just the general where we are in the world right now. Yeah, uh, I don't know what it know, was. I don't know what inspired um, me, but I was like, that's was, something it to It probably talk has about. something to do with that that shitty yellow beer in your fridge. The um, What do they call it? The, the Coronas? Coronas, yeah. I disgusting. think that might have something to do with it. Uh, I didn't bring that. I didn't buy that, so I'm thankful. I didn't buy that. Oh, but the government bought it for you. I wouldn't buy that, no. And now no, you, now you have it. it in your fridge because yeah. they forced you to have it. I wouldn't it. buy yeah. Corona. No, I would not it's buy not Corona. It's not that bad. Uh, no, it is. So Coronas are a light beer. Mm-hmm. Um, typically why, why beer is stored in a dark bottle is it protects it from sunlight, mm-hmm. uh, which denatures certain molecules inside mm-hmm. the beer mm-hmm. and you get a skunky flavor or a skunky smell. And that's why people add lime to Corona's mm-hmm. is to mask this taste or smell. I mean, it still tastes good. I mean, 
I just if you get it fresh and you drink it like very soon after it's bottled, yeah, you're not going to have a smell either it, way. It, so it, the it lime, the pro- lime is part of the flavor. Probably wouldn't taste the same. It probably wouldn't taste the same if you have the bottle that you've had around for say two months, three months. Compared How about you to, hold onto a beer for that long? I mean, I've had those Coronas inside that case by the freezer for three months now. Granted, they're still in their cardboard box, so kind of isolated from the light, but I mean... What are you complaining about? <laughs> uh, I'm just complaining about... <laughs> like, I mean, it's I mean, like... It's a, cheap, it's a cheap beer, and it tastes good sometimes, <laughs> and it's fine. I'm just not a big fan. I think I'm just so stuck on my ciders that mm. I'm just... I'm, hey, ciders are fine. I'm a cider yeah, guy. Ciders are good. I love ciders. Angry Orchards. Mm-hmm. I fucking love mm-hmm. them. Uh, delicious. Cider is an, is an American liquor for sure. Or not liquor. It's an, it's an American alcohol for sure. Yeah. It, very classic. Very, very distinguished. But yeah, I'd gone to the topic of you know human engineering because a while back I heard news that Japan was working on human-animal hybrids. Uh, trying to make cat people, and that just uh, resonated uh, horrifically with me. <laughs> and you know, I'm just—it's not so much of as like a—it's uh, an ethical problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like much like with any experiments that involve humans, it's a ethical problem or a moral problem. I mean, you know, if you have a subset of a population that you're more than willing to experiment on, you know, with or without their consent, what's the fucking problem? Yeah, I mean, so like, like, like what, what if they're cheering it on? What if they're cheering right. on the experimentation? So, is that fine? So it's like I think it. I'm it, it as a pure scientific standpoint. As long as people are willingly participating and they're signing those waivers and they're signing those documents that say yes, I consent to X, Y, and Z, and I'm <laughs> all the information that could go wrong with you is fully disclosed. Then yeah, there should be no issue. But it's sort of like uh, I don't like saying this often, but it's sort of like playing God, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think there's some, uh, there's treatments out there actually, um, where if we look at, um, this, uh, certain, certain type of, this is from future-science.com. Uh, so genome editing has been around since 1973, uh, when the first transgenic organism was created by insertion of antibiotic resistant genes into Escherichia, Escherichia coli or e coli mm-hmm. uh, which was followed by the first transgenic animal a mouse a year later uh, the use of crispr is purely therapeutic fixing genetic mutations rather than creating them uh, so they kind of uh, sort of like the method that is is used or like the technique i think it's the uh they sort of isolate specific genes that are a problem that are causing these genetic uh issues um and they manipulate them, right? It's amazing science. It's amazing um, technology. It's amazing that we are able to do this. But is it? Is it? Where do we? Where do you draw? Where do you draw the line with that, Nathan? Where do you draw the line with that? You know, because uh, I've heard people, people, I've heard people say, like, what's what's it really for? What's it really for? That's your question. Mm-hmm. Is that like? A rhetorical question, or is that something that you really? I mean, I kind of mean it, it rhetorically and right. like, like literally right now to you. Like, what's what it is for? it? What's it really for? Do you think like what the end state is? What's like, it serving? Huh? Like, what's it serving? What's it? What's the purpose? So there's uh, diseases out there. Uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy (DMD). Mm-hmm. Right. It's a X-linked monogenic disorder, 
which makes it a prime target for this treatment, right? For mm -hmm. the specific uh, genetic treatment. Um, it could potentially restore strength to those who have lost it due to this genetic uh, issue. So mm -hmm. mother and father have baby. Baby is born with this illness, um, cannot generate, um, like just your body is always in a state of destroying muscle, um, making you very weak. Um, and this, this treatment allows for that, for that to be reversed and changed in the long term. So kind of restoring normal function because it is a disorder. Mm -hmm. It's not supposed to happen. It's a genetic mutation. Right. And this treatment allows that to be reverted. Um, so it's purely therapeutic. This, this mm -hmm. is not, this is, this, at least that's, that's the intent. Right. right. So this yeah. CRISPR is, is purely uh, therapeutic. It is not used for, I mean, so I think, I think I, to my, answer, I think to answer your question, because um, again, this is some high conceptual stuff for people like me, but um, my, 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 my initial gut reaction um, on like the lower base level of, of what I am kind of reels a little bit. Like I'm not very much of a fan um, just, just gut instinct says probably a bad idea. Iffy, um, right. And then like the midwit in me is like, you know, this could be done to make people healthier. This could be a, a really excellent, um, uh, way to, um, you know, people are always talking about like, oh, you know, um, people aborting, um, kids that are going to come out with down syndrome. It's basically right. eugenics. And with right, this, right, right. you could conceivably, uh, start healing, uh, the, those parts of their brains with the, these treatments and make them so, less autistic, and then and then on the other end of that bell curve, you know, the high functioning end, you know, past the midwit, uh, that part of me um, is like, nah, we should just religiously ban this because what we're going to end up doing is just doing eugenics all over again, and we're just going to destroy ourselves and everything. It's so, going to be so awful. that's like the <clears throat> that's the interesting thing. So like I think <clears throat> there's you know abortion is like a completely mm -hmm. whole different issue. Right, um, right. You know it's. I'm against it being a new contraceptive. Also, like it's just going to be like designer babies, but like easier to do, and it's right. going to be the gateway so, drug. To so that. here's the thing: so there, that's already a thing. Right. Um, but I mean, for like the mass market, right? You can still you can pay you know hundreds of thousand dollars and make sure that your baby comes out with blue eyes mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, so as far as like therapeutic sense of genetic engineering, I'm fine with, right? Cloning is an issue. I mean, it's not a real fucking issue now. I mean, you could, they can do it. They've done it with a fucking goat or a sheep. But what are the ethical and moral ramifications for a genetically cloned human being? Kind of depends, right? Or it would depend on your society. Or lab-grown babies. That's where the that's where the climax and main point of discussion here is. Is the, mm -hmm. is. What is the ethics and morality? What are the ethics and morality of a lab-grown child? Uh, is it right for us to do that? To make that decision, like we're going to create a human being? Yeah, I would say no. Um, I, I I can't help but say no. But either. but also like you know conceivably you could, <clears throat> you know in um a a a future you know grim wasteland kind of place. I think I think I, I a could, or or if you were doing a. A over over overworld sort of um off world uh colony. That's what I'm saying. Sort of thing. Like science if you sci-fi space travel you know, yeah, if you trying need, to build if you, a population. Here, here's here's a here's a, a here's a legit example. If we needed to have strategic foothold on the moon for communications purposes and for 
you know, bombardment purposes, you know, against adversarial threats here on, you know, terra firma. Um, and for whatever reason, let's just say it's just very hard and difficult to get people up there, um, like a blockade or something. We have plenty of food, we got plenty of water, but we, we're losing personnel because, you know, let's call it like a 30 years war all over again, right? right? We're, we're losing, you know, people that, that uh, <laughs> you you deploy to the moon as a, as a private and then you're you're retiring as a sergeant major and the war is still going, you know, and you Powerful. never, that would be ridiculous. But um, imagine a nightmare scenario like that um, and you don't have enough personnel. I mean, look, the argument for cloning soldiers and, you know, Treating them with the same dignity, you know, as as other, you know, uh, uh, personnel that are not genetically engineered or copied I'm, seems I'm not sure feasible. And, but then you would also have to say, like, hey, you know, they're going to have to have special privileges because these people are not going to be able to exist and persist as longer, and they're not going to be able to procreate. So I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think it's more or less the, you know, the the whole process of childbirth draws a lot to the that crazy bond that a mother develops with the child i mean then again we, we could just be creating a, a vessel without a soul however, so maybe they won't even live however, really. I, I can't i don't have any statistics on you know surrogate motherhood you know mm-hmm. where someone you know gestates a baby for somebody else and then if that person who is receiving this baby has that undying motherly bond with they that don't person, they don't right exactly they, so they just so, don't so it's, that's where it's, I'm, it's kind that's of where it's sad. I'm, you know, so this person is going to be grown. It's the same reason why I don't like and grow uh, without proper parents. It's the same reason I don't really like um, uh, adoption, and that's kind of a kind of a uncomfortable opinion to have because a lot of people don't understand where I'm coming from here. Because if you have a random stranger's kid now enter your household, even if it's at your own discretion and your own interest, right? Let's say you can't have kids, right? You would think that's like that's actually the legitimate best case scenario for a kid to grow up with foster parents that actually really, really want to love this kid. Right. Uh, a, a, a husband and wife that can't have their own children. Right. Uh, there's there is no better case study for the the best uh, uh, the best odds for a good family life for that child. Right. Um, but the, the statistics I've read bear out that that's actually not quite true. Um, yeah, that's the best case scenario for strangers. But um, ultimately, there is a better um, pool of people that should be adopting kids. You know who that is? Who? Extended family. I personally think uh, yeah. extended family should be legally obligated to a certain degree, like from a state and federal level. That hey, as long as we can prove that you have the means to, or we even let me let me put it this way, I'd be more than willing to pay tax money into a program that uh would sufficiently help uh an extended family take in the kids of um two deceased family members. Two of my aunts mm-hmm. on my father's side mm-hmm. were adopted. They were they were my cousins before, mm-hmm. and then legally they're my aunts. Okay. So that's a prime example of that being a case yeah. where instead of completely removing them from the family, yeah, and their extended family, yeah. It's a, it's the most having, natu- it's the most natural and it's the most healthy way to do it. Uh, truly, so there was there's also some sort of uh in this case there was some sort of there are definitely issues um being that one of the children were quite young still, teenagers. Teen, teen years so there was some disciplinary issues there you know um 
one of them was older. Uh, I, th- but I, I, I think I can agree that the, that's a great solution initially mm-hmm. is there should be some sort of liability. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't say liability. There should be some obligation. There's an expectation there should of be responsibility. Some, it's a societal obligation that the extended family should extend and say, mm-hmm. I, this is still my family. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whatever reason that might happen, I want to adopt these children. Exactly. Uh, it, it could be. It's for, the most natural, the most I mean, healthy. For, and the, the most, the, if you're, if you have a sibling, right. And he has kids. So they're your nieces and nephews at this point. Right. Is that how that works? I don't remember this shit. Um, you have a sibling that has children, right? That would make them. That would make them your niece nieces. Nephew. Okay, yep. that's what I thought. I was, I'm just totally fucked up right now. <laughs> um, if that's the case, and your sibling and his spouse dies in a plane accident or something like that, um, how much more likely is it that you would be able to dote and love on your niece and nephew than some random stranger? Right. I think it's. I think it's. That's very clear. The 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 fact is, the kid didn't do anything wrong. And, mm. and, you know, to deprive him of even a semblance of familial, you know, uh, ties and brotherhood and, and love is kind of unethical. Yeah. I don't, its own I don't like it at all. Yeah. It makes, it doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah. It's just like, keep, keep trying to try as hard as you can to keep it in the family. Yeah. The only, the only reason kids should be given to, you know, the state um, is See, if child protective a, a, services, a shit ton, yeah. a shit ton of abuse. You know, and we're I mean, not just like that. We're kid. not talking about spankings, and it's just like the, no. And we're not ta- talking about talking taking about, your 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 phone away for a you're, weekend. You're talking about Gabriel Fernandez. I don't even know case. that name. Um, I, I hope that. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I hope I'm not. You know, saying that name wrong. As far as like Gabriel Fernandez, um, it was a child who, for years, uh, was being abused. Okay. By his mother and her his her boyfriend. Okay. He was locked in a cupboard at night, just kept there. Uh, they at times put cigarettes out on him. Uh, were just disgusting, horrible people. CPS counselors came, you know. They were they ignored it, and it culminated in his death. And it 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 sparked a huge change in how cps and social social workers do their job those social workers were held accountable that's good cuz yeah. uh, i don't know how you can fuck up that bad i don't know i don't know how you could ignore uh you, you know, know uh aside from the bruises and everything like that i don't know how else you, you can, can you can tell the difference between a kid getting in a fight with another kid yeah. And then a kid or getting falling a, down on a bike or, you know, or, or getting hit by his, his fucking, you know. Yeah. So those social workers were held accountable that's and good. they felt they faced uh, quite major charges. Actually, that's, that's I think it's fantastic because, you know, people that can't take care of kids mm-hmm. definitely need the death penalty at the, at the minimum. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you if you think you can bring a kid in the world, hey, that's great because you need to. Yeah. You really ought to. But um, if you're not actually capable of taking care of a kid, you ought not. Yeah, and if you do, it's, and you fuck it up, you ought to get fucked up. I like your watch, by the way. Thank you. It's still the same Casio from before. Yeah, uh, I love it so much. I also I'm like still in the shirt. honeymoon phase. I also like your shirt. I love it. <laughs> yeah, folks, uh, stick around. We're not going to talk about watches now. We we'll have to wait. Yeah, uh, but yeah. that's going to be it for this first segment. Uh, join us back for the next one. Thank you all, and catch you catch you in a second. 
You're listening to the Quantum Consumer Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Twitch and rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Now back to the show with your host, Brandon Cox. All right, folks, welcome back from that short break here. Fun fact time. Are you hmm. ready for a fun fact? Yeah, I am. Okay. So uh, the Perseverance rover, which is the latest addition to Mars' surface and collection of rovers, uh, split CO2 to make breathable air. Um, also, they just com- they've completed their uh, testing of a drone on the surface of Mars as well. I mean, technically, they're all drones. Uh, true. Uh, a helicopter drone. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is a big feat because the atmosphere is very thin mm-hmm. on Mars. So it's kind of a it's kind of a big deal. So here's a question. Why didn't they use um a blimp? Um for what? As a as a uh, permanently flying vehicle in the atmosphere the that can density, change atmosphere. Density of the atmosphere. That's why. What do you mean? Like uh you tell me helium gas wouldn't escape and so go upwards? It's a function of volume. Mm-hmm. So volume relative to outside volume as well. Yeah. So helium floats very well in our atmosphere because our atmosphere is denser mm-hmm. than Mars. But you're telling me you couldn't make so a... You, so you get more buoyant force. But you, you're telling me it wouldn't work on Mars. Not really. Mm. Not really how we're thinking, you know? Okay. Uh, you, I could, we can do the math. I'll present the math next episode. So okay. let's, folks, keep an eye out for that for the... Could a blimp... Mars blimp? Mars blimp, yes. We'll call it Mars we'll blimp. We'll call it a blimp. Ml- uh, but from the top of my head, it wouldn't work as, as well. Okay. A blimp on Venus would work amazingly well. Okay. okay. It'd be akin to a boat on a ship. Got it. Got it. It'd be akin to a ship on water. We knew what you meant. Good. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, because the atmosphere is super thick, you mm-hmm. have the severely contrasting densities of the fluids. Yeah. And that buoyancy force is just fucking up there. Uh, but yeah, so that was the fun fact of the day. <laughs> Segment two. Security theater. Do you feel safe, Nathan? Oh, definitely not. No? no. Why is that? Because uh, I, I know what the game is and I know what makes me safe and what doesn't. And, yeah. uh, you know, at, at, at this particular instance in my professional career, um, I'm not allowed to have and own certain things in the places I live. Um, and uh, I have to rely on others to do protection for me for me for those of you that are not aware uh security theater this is straight from the web from from fucking google (laughs) from the the website yeah from the website of security (laughs) theater security theater is the pros fucked up Mm. already security theater is the practice of taking security measures that are intended to provide the feeling of improved security while doing little or nothing to achieve it examples include tightened airport security measures or, the, or other public transport security measures after major terrorist attacks. Mm-hmm. The uh, Let's see what Wikipedia says for benefit. Benefits. While it may seem that security theater must always cause loss, it may be beneficial, at least in a localized situation. This is because perception of security is sometimes more important than security itself. If the potential victims of an attack feel more protected and safer as a result of the measures, then they may carry on activities they would have otherwise avoided i.e. Mm-hmm. going on an airport after right. 9-11. Right. In addition, if the security measures in place appear effective, potential attackers may be dissuaded from proceeding or may direct their attention to a target perceived as less secure. Unsophisticated adversaries, in particular, may be frightened by superficial impressions of security, such as seeing multiple people in uniform or observing cameras. 
and not even attempt to find weaknesses or ex or determined effect. So here's some examples of security theater that literally do not do anything to help mm -hmm. airport security. Correct. Right. So this just says right off the top, many procedures of the TSA have been criticized as security theater. Okay. Fucking beautiful. Like made sense from the start. Um, random search programs on public transit and in other public places. So those are the, some of the fucking top two, right? Mm. It is shit that is designed to make it look like it's more secure. Right. But they do nothing. What a typical neoliberal response right. to a problem. So, Rather than fixing the problem outright or going to the root of the problem, solving it at the source, right? Rather than doing that, we're just going to put a Band-Aid on it. I mean, it's true. We never hear any news about you like know, like psychological warfare is like is like the system's number one preferred method of dealing with everything. Yeah, it's its preferred method and mode of I mean, selling you shit. So it's the preferred method of securing the empire. In twenty twenty, it, it's amazing. Twenty twenty one, I guess another security theory would have been uh, masks. Yeah, 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 for sure. They do fuck all. Yeah, they don't do anything, folks. Mm -hmm. Sorry to burst your bubble, but it's good now. It's it's you know fucking. July third, and we're now knowing that masks don't do really don't do really much. So not everybody. And, thank you for and, wasting your time. And you're talking to a bunch of religious zealots out there that actually feel good that they are in lockstep about wearing it. Well, yeah, it was a it's a political identifier. That's all it was. It's a shit test. Yeah, yeah. It's a litmus yeah. test to see who uh, people who wear their masks see, in their see, car. Here, I have here, no desire. Here's for something. Here's here. something funny. Right, I've noticed this. Uh, I've almost considered wearing them. I I've hated the mask from day one. You know that. It's dumb. Right? I, I but, knew that from but, a fucking I gotta, from a logical standpoint that it doesn't work. I, I got to tell you this whole story. I just got to see you chuckle because I know it's going to make you chuckle. I have considered as, as an avarant anti-masker on, on a high operating um, intellectual level, I have considered wearing the mask again. Because I don't want these these people thinking I have the vaccine. Because that's what's happened, right? I I don't I don't wear the fucking no. mask, right? Get this, no. get get this, get this. I go into a Starbucks and I see a bunch of some people wearing masks and I see some people not. And I know for a fact ninety percent of the people that are not wearing Absolutely it absolutely don't have it. They, they no 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 they, they do have it. We're talking about Starbucks here. We're, we're talking about a certain crowd. Okay, don't I don't roll Starbucks. your eyes. Don't roll your eyes at I me, Mister. You know where we are. You know what part of the country we're in. You know I'm not wrong. I go to Starbucks. I'm not wearing a mask. Yeah, I know. I understand your position, but think about how I have to feel. I I have to sit next to these people and and, and they, they stand in line next to these people, and I don't want them thinking I'm one of them. Well, I've almost considered well, putting so the, the mask. Statistics back on. behind our local. Mm -hmm. Our local county mm -hmm. is something along fifty percent vaccination rate. Mm -hmm. It's a significant part of the population that is right. still not vaccinated. But again, I'm I'm kind of cutting them out. I'm, I'm cutting I them out. I thoroughly believe that people are so done with the mask that they don't care if they're vaccinated or not. They're just going to right, not wear right, the mask. Right, right, and right, this right, is the right, thing: right. no but, one's going to ask them because they don't care. They don't no, care. No, but but they do. There are they people don't. That, there are shit. They that want care. this shit to be done. And they're not going to care. Listen, listen, I've walked into Safeway multiple times and not once has anybody ever questioned whether or not because they don't want that fight. 
Because they really don't care. Because now all this information is coming out. I mean, I hope you're right. I just don't believe it. There is all this information that's coming out now that masks never worked in the first Mm -hmm. place. So now they're, if, you know, they're like, okay, well, I'm not Mm going to fucking ask him because it really doesn't matter if he has a mask or not because it doesn't fucking matter. They don't care. They want this shit to be done. 90% of the people you see without a mask are not vaccinated, probably, depending on your local area. I I mean, I hope you're right. In this county specifically. In this county specifically, definitely not. 80. I'll say 70% be on the safe side. 70% of people that you do see without a mask in a public space are not vaccinated because they don't give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. And no one's asking them because they don't give a shit either. The people who are working in these places who have to wear a mask because mm-hmm. their company says so, all the mask mandates are gone. It's the companies that are it's up to company jurisdictions. So Starbucks employees or Starbucks Hold on, hold on, CEOs. hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. Do you know how, how many people do you watch like on the road wear a mask in their car? Because you've seen them. At least once every six cars. And yeah. I hate them. Okay. Because they're dumb. They're dumb. They're dumb people. And we all know this. It's become habitual. And it's it's stupid because they're susceptible to that fucking programming. Yeah. And yeah. it's it, people I don't, I have no but, desire to have a conversation okay. with. But like, just understand from my perspective, right? The, I have to assume from, from, I won't get too far into that. Let me start <laughs> over. Take it from where I'm sitting, right? Across from me. Mm, Dab jokes. Yeah. I'm sort in of, like the most sort physical of, sense. The most physical sense. <laughs> um, it, Not political aisle. <laughs> um, in the sense that, um, again, the perception that I have to deal with is like, and I'm a cynic, don't get me wrong, and I, I understand that, you know, I'm, I'm, ex, I'm how do I say it? I'm... <sighs> I'm fucked up. I can't think of the words. Um, they're not coming to me. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm I've... prone to some exaggeration in my own mind as I'm experiencing events just because I'm so cynical. I'm more than willing to put extreme doubt in the people that run my life or the people that are extremely silly and stupid. So, so this is my thing, though. Like, I'm thoroughly convinced, and I have no doubt in my mind that... Thank you, dog. I'm thoroughly convinced that with all, for the past two, three months, all this information has been coming out now. And the people who had originally said and swore off and canceled people who said otherwise about the CDC spouting some bullshit, CDC straight up discrediting themselves a couple months ago, uh, fucking all these people. Oh, now it's a Wuhan fucking lab grown bullshit. And mm-hmm. now we're, now we can acknowledge it now that everything's over. Um, you know, they they're 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 waking up. They're not except waking the up. fucking people who no, are wearing masks no, 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 in their no, no. car. They're, they're, the people they're, who are wearing masks in the car are not. I I got a new word for you. They're, Instead of security theater, I want to I want to give one to you. It's called opinion parallax. And I'm gonna bring a uh, I'm gonna combine the two into another term that I'd like to coin. Security parallax. So opinion parallax is where you can hold two divergent opinions somewhat simultaneously depending on tactical situations around you so we're not talking about strategic opinions where they're oh i believe in the goodness of mankind i think healthcare is a human right those are grand strategic options and, and, and ideals what i'm talking about is the wuhan lab thing right uh where uh maybe uh, a few months ago a couple weeks ago shit right um, it would have been a a Trump tier, Magatard tier, Conservatard tier, you know, opinion 
um, to hold a low status opinion, if you will. Okay, mm-hmm. to say the 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 virus origin was from China. It's their fault. That was a low status opinion a couple weeks ago. Now, as soon as you know all this shit's happened, and now that Biden's in office and everything's gotten better, well, um, listen, man. Uh, all it's been getting better all, by all, itself. All, all, all these liberals that were would, would have said as much a couple weeks ago are now starting to be like, oh, yeah, Stephen Colbert, he said some cool shit about, you know, China, blah, 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 Wuhan lab. Are you talking about his uh, SNL thing or, I, or whatever? I, he I'm was not going to lie to you. So, Every time so, I see these people, so, I just turn it off. I no, can't. Stephen Colbert was on on a show with somebody else and he went on about like how it was fucking Wuhan and he did not skip a beat. Because he had to keep on going. Because right, right, right. Stephen Colbert was going to shut him down. He's be like, I got to keep the fucking network on my side. Look, Stephen, all, it's, a piece it's of Stephen shit. Colbert. Who the fuck these little weirdos are? Look, do, you, look at me. Look at me. Does it look like I care who these people really are? No, they're the same person. Amy Schumer is is the same as Stephen Colbert. I don't fucking care. They're all the same who, fucking weird well, people. I mean, Amy Schumer could have been a comedian if he, if she wrote her own jokes. That's funny. Stephen Colbert used to be a comedian. He used to be really funny eh. until he succumbed to the but, fucking. But again, liberal ba- ba- bullshit. back to the thing I want to say, right? That the opinion parallax is also as soon as it can actually be um, near simultaneous. See, that was a couple weeks in difference, mm-hmm. right? But like, think of it this way. And this is where I'm going to come with this term security parallax. Something that, you know, um, most people uh, these days, unless you're extremely conservative, um, are are more than free and willing to say openly is that um, the police are racist, right? Right. And the police are prone to shooting people for no good cause or justification. That's another uh, very simple meme that they always speak up and, 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 you know, promote on social media and in, you know, near the water cooler, you know, uh, they're not trained enough. They're they're too trigger happy. They're they racial profile too often. Uh, they're just they're just clan members in blue instead of white. Right. That, that's what they say. And uh, then simultaneously in the same or second breath, they can also denounce uh, pe- people having their own firearms for their own self protection. Right. If um, uh, who's the NRA spokesperson? Like something noir. What's his the, the the one of the couple Hispanic or black guys that like work for the NRA on the on the media side of the house. And again, mm-hmm. the NRA is a fucking garbage institution. They don't protect much gun rights. But like this, we're talking you know surface level conservatard kind of stuff right now. Like makes shit libs go super mad when when you know uh, the black guy from the NRA starts talking about how cool AR-15s are, and it's it's somewhat amusing. But like the thing is, if he came up to them and was like, okay, so if you think racists are police against me being a black man, right, uh, he's going to say, well, my alternative is I want to carry um, a Glock with a 40-round extendo clip because it's my constitutional right as an American to do so. And they're going to tell him, yeah, but guns are for battlefield implements and they're not good for you, blah, 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 blah. There's all sorts of things I don't, they make me uncomfortable. If I had a, if I had a Glock, I would just shoot anybody on the highway. There was a fucking person, a woman who tweeted, I saw this on like whatever social media thing I was on, like a Facebook, it was like a meme that popped up. Mm -hmm. This woman said, if I see anyone open carry, I'm going to shoot them or something. I will attack them. (laughs) Yeah. Take their gun uh-huh. and hold them there until police arrive. Yeah. 
And a comment said, "Let's fucking go." So you would agree that a gun is a good tool to hold somebody there before police arrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. let's fucking go. So you would physically accost someone because they're abiding by their state laws mm-hmm. and our constitutional laws. You would attack them, steal their weapon, yeah, and use it in a threatening manner, which is against federal law. Mm-hmm. You would do that. You know, I think I would be prefer. I would prefer to be shot to death by at the hands of a soccer mom with my own weapon than to just allow the police to peacefully solve that situation. There's so much dishonor would- involved. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I would much rather. Just I like die. how I like how the I like how the solution for if, that. If a soccer mom takes my firearm from me, she better just shoot me because I'm gonna beat the shit out of her. I'm <laughs> so, going. So I'm not even gonna shoot her. Okay. I'm going oh, to kill her with the magazine. Okay, okay Sean Connery. Okay. <laughs> so so this is the thing. Like you know, your their solution is, and that situation is force of violence and break the law <laughs> with violence. Uh huh. Uh huh. With a firearm. With a firearm. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if that person was a law-abiding citizen. Incredible. Bravo. Incredible. Well fucking so, done. Folks. So, so, so you can you well can see where done. where opinion parallax exists, and I want to call it security parallax. On one hand, you're not allowed to use police because they're some they're they're racist or they're ineffective or they're not trained properly or all three or two of the three. And uh, you're simultaneously not allowed to have your own firearm to protect yourself from people that don't follow the law. So people that don't follow the law in 30-round magazine banned states that do have 30-round magazines and they intend to hurt you because those people exist. They shoot up offices. You know, there's religious and political extremists out there and they have done shit in the past. The majority of Americans are not political extremists and would be more than willing to defend themselves. Well, maybe not the most of Americans. I think most Americans are cowards and shit, but... You know, that's a different discussion. But you, you see where I'm going with this, right? Yeah, I do. Uh, it, I think the amount of, um, especially men in this country, that, like, think for themselves and want to protect their family and their children and themselves and, shit, even their coworkers. Like, like here's a question. If we were at work, right, and you were, um, you had a um, an 06 signature to open carry um, your handgun mm-hmm. um, at work. Right. Which is... Feasible, not at your yeah. rank, but it is feasible. It's, it's feasible. not impossible, legally speaking. It's just not likely. But let's say you got it, right? W- would you feel inclined to go towards gunfire if we were at work and you knew it was not an accidental discharge because you kept hearing it? 
and then you heard screaming, would you run after wherever that was? Because you don't love everybody at work, but like there's a sense of responsibility, right? Uh, I mean, so like I think, I think, yeah, I think it would be, you know, it would definitely turn into a tactical situation where I'm, I'm seeking to end this. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why I have it. Right. Is to defend but, but myself. Why, why? Why would you care? They're not even your family and shit, right? But because you still have. I'm a moral human being. Yeah, you who, have a sense who, of you have a sense of duty to protect people that aren't doing duty. anything wrong. Yeah, to you. sense of duty. Right. Who are who's to protect people who have done nothing wrong to you, mm-hmm. and to defeat those who have which which again the, the same people, people the same people that wear the masks in their own car while they're driving to work on their own with no one else in their car. Yeah. Right. Those are not the, the sort of people or, that would want to rush towards danger or or they have like an auto asphyxiation fetish where uh, that's that's the <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's uh, they don't care. No, those are double masks. Those are the hu- <laughs> yeah. Jesus, Lord, when Dude, that was put out Dude, double penetration, Lord. double masking. That shit's yeah, hot. Thanks, Fauci. When's the last fucking patient you've seen? Oh, never. never. OK. Just yeah. like an army doctor. Just like an army doctor, because <laughs> they're never there. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up segment two. Uh, join us back after the break for our final segment. Oh, shit, hold on. Whoa. No. You can't say that shit on air. I fucking can. It's my podcast. Shit. So, uh, sorry, common misconception. We're going to wrap up wrap the segment <laughs> up with a common misconception. Um, a common misconception, folks, is that you will freeze... In space, you will hmm. like your say your suit pops up mm-hmm. and you'll freeze in a matter of seconds. Depends on what side of uh, the light you're in, right? Mm, not even what. So yeah, so sunlight is like plus two hundred seventy three degrees Fahrenheit. Of course, this is dependent on how close you are. But let's say we're like low Earth orbit mm-hmm. and the sunlight, you're around two hundred seventy degrees Fahrenheit. But uh, if you're in shadow, negative two hundred seventy. But if yeah, you're in a like big sunlight. shadow, yes, right, you will freeze eventually. Like hours, quickly hours later. No, no common misconception. So hold on, hold on. I know, I know I'm interrupting you, but no, like, uh, one of the main issues in building firearms for orbital use, which is something NASA had to consider uh, a long time ago. I already know where you're going. Um, a big problem is metal components will freeze and stick to each other. It's not freezing. It is cold welding. Cold welding? Yes. Okay. It is a problem that they discovered pretty early on. Uh, it was an issue where two... Is it a physical weld? Yeah. It, they fuse together. It's not is it as freezing. Is it as strong as a, a weld that you would use with don't plasma? Know, I don't know the tensile strength, but it is... It is could you do it here on Earth? metal's fusing. Uh, you could. It's a vacuum thing. I, I don't know if you can do it here on Earth. I think it's a vacuum thing and maybe some sort of like ambient radiation thing. Uh, mm. It's a vacuum thing. Okay. Um. But yeah, so that's cold. Fu- that's cold welding. Um, but you know, uh, a human being exposed to the vacuum of space, um, and this is true with anything in space. Um, you will not freeze. You will not just shrivel up into an ice cube uh, seconds after you're exposed to the vacuum. Um, there are. There is a. There has to be a transfer of energy, right? There. So in order for something to freeze, that thermal energy has to leave that object. Okay. So for example, when you toss. Uh, water into a freezer that freezer is taking out the thermal energy in that water and freezing it into ice okay with the with a with the human or let's say because that's with you know that's with 
air, convection, conduction, uh, and some mild form of radiation, very small amount. Those are the different forms in which energy, thermal energy, can propagate, right? So conduction, convection, and um, radiation. When you are in space, okay, the only thing that's left, really, is radiation, which is the most ineffective or the most inefficient method uh, where whereby something can freeze, right? It is the... Uh, most inefficient way for thermal energy to leave an object is through radiation. That means just pure thermal energy leaving an object. I brought up a, a picture here. A moving picture. That's a... What was that? It's TIG called, welding? It's cold welding, apparently. Hmm. It's a cold welder, apparently. That looked pretty fucking hot. That I mean, was definitely an arc. It's literally, she's using her hands. Her fingers are right next to it. Oh, it might be some of that cold plasma bullshit. What's okay. cold plasma? That's a fucking topic for another podcast. <laughs> so, so yeah, the common misconception is people will instantly freeze when mm -hmm. they're exposed to the vacuum. Well, did you see that? Um, nah, I'm not going to bring that up. Never mind. That was, that was going to be bad content. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that concludes segment two. Join us back after this break for segment three. Hands race to erase life's moments with obsession. Time leaves us unwound. And that was a haiku from Susie Clevenger. Um, because we're going to talk about fucking watches, folks. Um, <laughs> currently, I am wearing my uh, Invicta Pro Diver uh, model 0070. Uh, blue dial chronograph. Uh, it's gorgeous. I love it. Uh, stainless steel. Uh, none of those fancy metals. Um, and Nathan, why don't you tell us what we're wearing uh, today? I am not wearing my um, uh, homage to Osama bin Laden today. Um, <laughs> I instead am still wearing uh, my Casio databank, the uh, the retro reissue. Uh, just silver. I'm thinking about getting the gold one. I'm also thinking about getting another silver one so I can um, open up the case and 3D print with resin um, a semi-translucent purple, blue, orange awesome. uh, case so I can kind of see the technology behind it just because, you know, I grew up with like, you know, clear, oh, excuse me, uh, clear Nintendo 64 controllers and Game Boys and all sorts of stuff like that. So I'm kind of, um, I'm, I'm uh, I don't know, um, part of the, the retro technology nostalgia bugs bit me a little bit. Uh, especially because I'll be building um, a uh, a Game Boy, uh, a custom Game Boy for my brother uh, for Christmas this year. Um, Hell yeah! I'm I'm gonna buy every single part and learn how to. I don't think I'm gonna do soldering. I, I'm not I'm not I love comfortable soldering. with that. Maybe I'll bring it to you. Help me teach me that because because yeah. I, I, I think like I could just buy a custom one, right? But but in the sense of like having a machine or some extra weirdo yeah, from the a, third world or Asia build a Game Boy for as a custom, you know, gift. Yeah, I think it mean, it would mean more to my brother if I yeah, built it myself, fully. right? Yeah. I choose every component and then I, I built as much of it as possible without like coding this this thing. Yeah, right. Which, which speaks to one of the draws in watchmaking and horology generally speaking is the quality of craftsmanship is mm -hmm. what mostly, most of the time, not always drives the price point 
most usually um typically also like the mechanical aspects of it just the sheer like complexity Mm -hmm. that goes into a wristwatch which could sometimes reach up to 500 parts in a single watch easy yeah it's especially some of the higher end like you know when you have extra features and complications absolutely like some of the higher end pateks and fucking the perpetual calendars all of those comprise of just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of parts (laughs) And, and most hours of them are super and hours small. of man time. Very small. Fucking... I mean, I have a watch that's on my watch list. <laughs> a watch watch list. Uh, particularly the uh, Selene uh, Moon Phase. Mm-hmm. Really love that watch. Uh, around One of the actual high-end horological... Yeah. Uh, running. Uh, a, run, that's a Rolex brand, by the way, if you're not privy to that. Yeah. Uh, running around 25 to 27 It's one of their uh, actually serious horological... Um, uh, ventures you know the the and I'm, I'm saying this is a man that does not own a rolex but like let's, let's be clear most of what makes rolex really um valuable today is that they've been around for a while and they've mm-hmm. been very good uh for a long time they also are one of the reasons that watchmaking survived the corpse crisis um you'd have to give most of the credit to adam rp gay um, and the Royal Oak specifically. So Gerald, yeah. Gerald Genta uh, deserves most of the credit for reinvigorating the public's imagination in mechanical watches. But there's something to be said that when you go to, um, not a flea market, but when you when you go to a, um, I guess a, a uh, an auction, that's what I meant. And when you go to an auction and you see people um, willing to outbid each other with thousands and thousands of dollars because this Rolex from this year had two of the same word printed on it by accident. Um, it's valuable not because it's excellent. It's not even though it is. And it's not valuable because it's old, even though it is old and valuable because of its age. Mm. It's because it's partially unique. It's also because Rolex has helped keep the tradition alive. Um, but they do offer some serious horological value in some of their their watches and the moon phase Cellini is one of them i would argue the the Cellini that barack obama is known to wear is not one of those uh he wears rolex doesn't he yeah yeah but Cellini is is a no, line wore, of what does rolex. he wear what does he wear it's a rolex. most of the time most of the time he's wearing a casio okay most of the time he wears a casio because that video that we saw he was wearing a mm-hmm. fucking Right, but well, like when he's when what he's dressed up, right? He, yeah, he wears a Cellini, but his Cellini doesn't have a moon phase. No, doesn't have a perpetual calendar yeah. which, either. Which, which, so though all those other complications, they they just drive up the com- complexity of it, fucking inherently. Yeah, and they just cra- crazily which, raise the price. Which, which again, as someone who does not own a Rolex, let me just state that 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 seems a little self-interested and self-involved to have a Cellini, but without a moon phase, it's a little weird. I, I don't know what would drive a man to buy a watch that looks almost indistinguishable from a a a, a date just without a, a fucking win- yeah. A window. Yeah. Right. I don't get that. So particularly, I wanted the Cellini Moon Phase with the star dial. Absolutely gorgeous watch. Just fucking gorgeous. Uh, did it? I don't think it had the actual Moon Phase diagram in there. 
I think well, it was just the star background. I know that. I know. I, I know. At one point, they made both of those. I think together. that supersedes. However, I would just be completely fine with just the fucking star dial. I mean, it's just <laughs> gorgeous watch. Beautiful. If you're listening now, I would recommend listening yeah. or fucking you know looking up a picture. It's a beautiful watch. I mean, on the lower end of Rolexes that I want, mm-hmm. I want the uh, OP you know 41 millimeter with the bright blue dial. I love that blue. That shade of blue is just gorgeous. That's around $5,900. People don't understand exactly how affordable, especially vintage Rolexes, can be. Right. I mean, so if you, if you go And we're not talking Submariners. We're talking the Deep Justice. If you go onto the websites, if you go onto Rolex, if you go onto Omega, Citizen, fucking... Uh, I'm sure Vecheron... Con, uh, That's expensive. Vecheron oh, has God. some a little bit more you know, affordable models, like in the thousands. No, um, Vesheron does not. Unfortunately, they don't. No, they all tens of thousands. Vesheron. So, um, so I'm. I don't. Don't take it. Don't take a offense because I, I know you're new to the the hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, but Vesheron, Constantin, Audemars Piguet, and um, Patek Philippe are what are known as the big three or the Holy Trinity. These are the number one contributors to, um, the the overall mean of horological value in the watchmaking industry. Um, the other, um, like 15% comes from independent watchmakers and shops that are not a big brand that are, you know, they come and go, or they just take very long hiatuses and they come back cause they have a new project in mind. Um, but so most of when it comes to big brands, those three are the ones that are, and when I say big brands, I don't mean that in the corporate sense, even though they are corporations, but like, they're not soulless in that way. They truly would not exist they would just be swatch and there's nothing wrong with swatch but like the the difference is definitely present um i'm when i say swatch i mean swatch group Mm -hmm. but um those three are the ones that will well uh, personally personally we've i've talked we've already talked about this but i'm i'm obviously very much a citizen kind of guy um i love a lot of citizen watches I have a, and they're not that expensive. Like the ones that I want are not too terribly expensive. Uh, notably, the Super Titanium Atomic Timekeeping for eight eighty, uh, the PCAT for five twenty, the World Chronograph AT for four seventy six. Like that's gonna be my next watch. Like the World Chronograph, which is just a, it's a sleek, beautiful watch with just a such a such a clean face. Um, I, I can't help but I just I just want it and for a for a for a good price for fucking four hundred and seventy six dollars I mean yeah you know that's that's pretty that's pretty great in my opinion I don't I don't have any issues also it's a chronograph too and I love chronographs um let me just go ahead and look a picture so I can better <laughs> describe it for you folks um let me let me uh, fill in the the time here I'm looking at a Rolex Oyster Date in gray. For four thousand dollars, no more, and you can look at that. Oh lord, you can see. Hey, look at that. Gray is a very conservative color, but yeah, conservative colors mix with a lot of shit. That's beautiful, though. And, That's beautiful, and and you're gonna love this, right? Because you've you've been talking about uh, Omega as well. Check that out. Oh yeah, Omega Seamaster one twenty. Beautiful. So I mean, so I I'm I'm starting to note more about my style. I'm I'm much more of a thinner bezel kind of guy. Okay. It's kind of why I like Citizen. You know, that's the that's the world chronograph right there. Yeah. So it's yeah. thinner, thinner bezel. Kind of, it's the focal point is the is the dial. Uh, 
I love the the strap. It's a no lovely, you know, brown leather strap. The dial, it's a chronograph, so you'd have the of course the necessary chronograph features, you know, the minute counter, the mm-hmm. hour counter. Um and your second counter is actually which would be a normal uh timepiece which would have like the, the what most people associate as the second hand in a yeah, chronograph. The, the running seconds. Is actually the running seconds, yeah. you know. So it's just beautiful. I love that. That's what the uh this Invicta Pro Diver that I have on now, the 0070 is a chronograph and you know i just love it how it doesn't move you have to look <laughs> at that little smaller dial with the red i like how i like how this one has so it's mostly blue and silver and main colors and the only thing that's another color is the second hand yeah um, pop a color is really important yeah it's just that little places. extra flair that yeah. that invicta wanted to toss in and i think in the watch community people also give shit to invicta they do uh because and it's somewhat earned it's it's yeah it's they're selling out they're they're it's kind of it's a shame because they make some beautiful watches and i love some of their watches i own two invicta watches i have this invicta you know pro diver i also have a uh a, so both these watches were gifted to me when i was 16 um and of course at the time when i was 16 this fucking pro diver was just like this hefting fucking piece of work you know it's a very thick watch it's a diver mm-hmm. watch rated for yeah. what like a like a fucking many hundreds of meters down below <laughs> um and then i was also gifted by a family member this other watch i have is an invicta i force or one force rather one force it's the roman numeral i'm an idiot one force uh ladies watch uh i don't think there's a real definition between the ladies watch um because it's just the size really uh, of course that's me coming from an outside perspective kind of mm-hmm. just hopping into this you know this fucking pub here um but uh it's i don't think there's any watch it's just relatively the size of the of the actual uh, case itself that is really the driving factor of why somebody would call it a uh, a woman's watch so and i mentioned this earlier that um size case case sizes have increased uh, for men uh, from like what used to be normal i think like 38 37 was s- considered masculine maybe 40 years ago to now where it's like we're, we're getting these fucking diesel watches that are in like almost the 60 millimeter range and it's like Listen, bro, you should just that's that's a diameter for a grenade launcher. Like that shouldn't go on your <laughs> wrist. But um I, I also mentioned that uh, if, if you stay the night tomorrow morning, we are going watch browsing dude at the mall. Dude, you almost sold me again. Ah, that's a good idea. Just I like a, that. Just a little day Actually, out. You know what? Fuck it, we'll we do that. Run with it. Awesome. Um this I mentioned that Invicta, amongst other brands, is has that a started Batman? P- it looks a lot like a Batman. It does, right? Because a lot of um so again. Batman is oh, in reference. Oh, so good! No, I know all these things. Yeah, it's awesome. You, you, you're so. I've studied. You're up. so fresh in it, and you're so excited. It makes me so happy. Someone yeah. cares. Yeah, it has uh, the same color scheme as like a Batman. However, it's blue and gray. So this one's. This I, one's I would red. Call and, this, I would call this black and red. Black and red. Um, so it's, a, and, it's the Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's actually called a Coke. That would be called a Coke. Oh, you're right. Coke. Right. Um, so, Coke, so Batman Pepsi's is black red. and blue. Yeah. Coke is red and white. Uh, root beer is gold and brown. Have you seen? Yes, root I've, beers I've seen the root beers Good, and the, the Pepsi's as well. Yeah. Um. The, they Invicta is also making one that's black and green. So mm. it's not a Hulk because a Hulk would be all green. Yeah, Hulk would be with, all green with a green dial. Green dial, green bezel. But, um, but as you can see, this is pulling from a lot of um very very classic nineteen sixties and seventies skin diver style, which. Again, and the, I don't know if they. So it looks like they changed up that band on that one as well. Yeah, it's kind it's, of it's a it's, it's an industry kind of very different. Bleh, like put so, it, put it on a NATO strap. Put it on. A NATO so this strap. is the thing though. Like so they have that, and that's what kind of points me. So what is the actual base model of those Batman's uh, 
fucking oh from Rolex. Yeah, from Rolex. Are they? Are oh, they like tens of thousands? Are they OPs? OPs? Yeah, Oyster Perpetuals. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. I can't. Oh, no, they're Submariners, aren't they? No, no, no. They're GMTs. GMTs are different because they have a second hour hand. Okay. So they're not necessarily, uh, they're not the Samariners. They yeah. are the, I'm pretty sure they're Oyster Perpetuals. Yeah. That and sounds it's right. just the additional bullshit that they toss yep. on that extra, goes the extra whole, hour. The fucking, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. So, like, the. Um, that's $100, by the way. $109 for that. It's too bad. I mean, like, like, like that's the green I mean, one. Thank you. Oh, look at that. See, that's just so nice. I mean, so why? I, okay. And, and, it te- and it's, it's something first, I wanted to lead into. First off, that. first off. I don't understand. So I have no shame in wearing my Invicta watches. Mm-hmm. I will wear my Invicta watch into a. And fucking, I will never shit on people that do so because if they like it, they're into watches, man. The only I love it. the only watch the a good watch is a watch that you like, and you want to wear. In the same way with a camera, the best camera is the one that you have on you. Yeah, I mean, so if this that is means the thing. your phone. It's your phone. So this is the thing, like, so people, all the pretentious field people, want to talk shit about <laughs> Invicta because you know. It's it's very much a traditional thing. It's watchmaking and watches are a traditional hobby or a traditional, you know, it's kind of like a cultural thing, right? Yeah. yeah. It's handcrafted. It's all kept in house, right? Understandable. Actually, that used to not be the case. It's actually a modern thing that's that's happening. See? There it's you a go. Modern so, innovation, so, which so is really we, a good one. I like it. So, but it's not how it used to be. Here we yeah. have, here we have Invicta. It, it, it shows kicking growth, it, kicking it back. I guess I didn't know that. <laughs> so this is the thing. I don't understand why people are talking shit about Invicta. So, so there's two reasons. The two main ones, and you've probably heard of them already. Um, the first one is the they they promote their busiest and craziest and zaniest designs the most, which gives their brand a hyper modern in the worst of ways, mm. kind of impression on, on on the consumer. Now, to be honest, their strategy works. It keeps them afloat. That was a fucking Damn. car. Okay. Um, it keeps their business afloat. And I'll never tell people that are making good money better than me what to do. Yeah. I mean, it's working. It, it's it's great, you know. But um, as far as, like, the, the spirit of the horological, you know, tradition goes, I wish... For one, that they would promote at least side by side with the crazy shit they build. I wish they would promote their more classic stuff. Yeah. Because they still make mechanical watches, which is more than can be said about Timex a couple years ago. Which, again, I wanted to get into this. The fact that Invicta is now starting to push some of its retro-inspired pieces. Because it's an old company. Don't, mm-hmm. get, don't, don't get that twisted. It's a very old company. It's older than Timex. Timex has begun recentering manufacturing of their watches in America. And it happened a couple years ago, and they're still doing it. 1837, by the way, for Invicta ah, being founded. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty it's, old. It's old. Um, it's it's a relative, not a youngster anymore, but like compared to companies that are older than the United States. Veyron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's still somewhat young. Not a newcomer. Yeah. Patek also? No, they're old. They're Patek old. Philippe, yeah. They're, also yeah. old. The, the, the main three are the oldest. Yeah, so Patek Philippe, Vecheron, Constantine, and who's the last one? Uh, Adam Piguet. Adam Piguet, yeah. Um, and then again, there's a lot of jewelry uh, houses that uh, ended up going into watchmaking as well. So um, Breguet, <laughs> um, uh, shoot, I'm losing the name already. Um, son of a bitch. Uh, Cartier. I love mm-hmm. Cartier. Cartier, um, Which... Uh, 
interestingly enough, is the reason why we have wristlets, now wristwatches, because uh, the Elon Musk of the time, who built hot air balloons in Paris, um, essentially was like, I'm tired of reaching in my damn pocket while I'm in the air tracking time of my flights. Fuck that. I want it on my wrist. They're like that's for kind a of a that's kind of a, a feminine thing. It's like air balloon too. Like yeah, how yeah. fast are you going? Where is the time? No, no, thing? no. You got to time things. You know, he, he didn't know how much oxygen he had up there. Oh, There's a lot of shit that you would want to time. Amazing. Also, logging your flights is just a time sensitive right. thing. You know, and um, it's it's a uh, it's interesting. You know, uh, without flight, flight and and watches having. When was the inextric- first chronograph made? You know, I don't know the answer to that. Let's go ahead and look that. That's up. That's a interesting pull that, pull idea. That up, Jamie. <laughs> You know, because um, chronographs and, and all watchmaking in general has had a really, really inexplicable, like not inexplicable, a um, uh, at the hip connection with flight and Ooh. space travel. The first modern chronograph was invented by Louis Moignet, Moignet probably, it's a French <laughs> name, in 1816. Okay. So older than than Invicta, that's for damn sure. Um. It was Nicholas Matthew Rosec who developed the first marketed chronograph at the behest of King Louis the fucking many numbers in 1821. Pretty damn cool. So that's 1816 uh, is when the first chronograph. Also, folks, for those of you that don't know, chronograph kind of is synonymous with stopwatch. Yeah. It's yeah. the more in, in fact, um, technical term for s- Omega that. is the uh, primary um, timekeeper of the Olympics. If you have ever wondered why you really? keep seeing the Omega symbol everywhere on Olympic um, uh, iconography or even on the TV screen, you know how like there's like uh, watermarks and shit. Oh you, shit! They're, yeah, because they are the ones especially that near have the... especially near the the time clocks on your TV screen. If you've ever, I, I never knew the answer. I never even looked it up. But when you see the Omega sign next to a watch mm. or a clock or a timer in real life, I always just or thought on I was, TV. I was just like, oh, Greek Olympics. There we go. Yeah, but no, the watch company. It's because okay. they made the most accurate stopwatches for a very long time. Excuse me, and they never, never really stopped. And they had really relied on. So, is it is is are the Olympics and their events still timed with a mechanical <laughs> watch? Uh, no, uh, not anymore. Um, and it's been, I don't remember when the change happened, but it did happen recently, as in in the last 30 years. Okay. But uh, Omega is kind of, still... Kind of tragic, it, It's tragic, yes and no, right? Because like in the beginning... Well, of the I mean, course, sure, digital will always be more accurate, but at the same time, it's kind of lo- losing tradition a little bit. So there, there are mechanical digital watches, which I'll have to show you, because those deal. are fascinating. But mechanical what you, what you mean to say is <clears throat> quartz movements... Right. Right. Now, yes, quartz will always be more. Well, right. at least as far as we know, at this point in time in, in, in this venture, uh, quartz will always maintain a lead in accuracy over mechanical until we make mechanical more accurate somehow, which right. isn't doesn't seem feasible. But lots of infeasible things have been done in the past. Yeah. Um, Thanks, entropy. <laughs> but here's the thing. <laughs> in the 60s, when quartz timekeeping became a feasible thing to do it was considered highly highly fashionable and extremely desirable to have the most accurate watch on your wrist so quartz movements were extremely valuable rolex made a quartz watch now are all the other rolexes mm-hmm. so most rolexes are actual mechanical yeah every one of them every one of them is. every th- only one only the oyster um Oyster Quartz is the only quartz watch they ever made. 
am pretty sure. Let's see. Do I have a pure? I don't have a pure mechanical, mechanical watch yet. Not even um, that citizen I have. That citizen. Well, the citizens don't. Uh, they make only a couple. Yeah, they have their eco drives. They love Most, the eco drives now. Yeah, but they do make a couple mechanical right now. Mechanical watchmaking is coming back in almost every part of the industry. That's one. That's even I, Timex. Like, does I understand it now. the. So personally, I love mechanical. Yeah, me too. Timekeeping with just nothing but gears. But and but let me tell you something. Incredible. As someone who has worked with Stratum Three equipment at work, <laughs> um. I yeah. I absolutely can appreciate atomic timekeeping, quartz no, timekeeping, and mechanical timekeeping. I have no problem from, with from with a, all of them. Okay, that if, brings if, me. If to, we could have cesium watches, that brings me to the. Wa- I would buy. One. That brings me to two watches from Citizen <laughs> that I I love from a technological standpoint, mm-hmm. but couldn't give a shit about a visual standpoint. Yeah. And those are the super titanium atomic timekeeping and yeah. satellite waves. Yes, visually. Kind well, of just kind so of, much going on, kind of, but eh. but technologically, uh, wow, I love it. Yeah, um, yeah. Let me go and pull up a picture here for you. I only wish it wasn't based on radio waves. I wish it was actually coming from the satellite link. That would be the selling point for me. So the satellite wave is. Is it? I'm pretty sure this. Both okay. actually are. Okay. Uh, that's so, always been a little unclear to me. So more specifically, the uh, I like the super titanium and satellite wave F950. Those are. You got a picture of that? Yeah, I mean, it's just. It, there's just the so one with like many fucking things going on in this watch. <laughs> I is just this the one with the 3D elements within and out, and out of the dial? I can't rationalize this. Uh, it's just, it seems just fucking too awfully busy. Like you oh, see that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there's. Let me see that real quick. So you have like, I just I. I'm willing to bet you're looking at. It's yeah okay so you know what this is mm. so you have different dates and time zones yeah. okay is, this it, is this is a pilot's watch I don't, yeah, this is something you yeah, you're not tracking that is called a slide rule they have slide rule that's why it's that's like a, fucking ridiculous. that's why it's so busy okay and this isn't their busiest one this oh, isn't fuck. their busiest one look well, up that's the part of citizen look I up uh, citizen flight master oh look that up I think I you're, saw that on their fucking thing. in fact it's like the blue angel one you were looking at um, except busier. Citizen Flightmaster. Okay, let me double check. Because that's... Uh... Oh, Jesus Christ. Let me see it. Is that the one I'm thinking of? I think it's the Flightmaster. Pro Master Navahawk? Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fucking ridiculous. Very busy. That might be a thing that I get to reward myself for my private pilot's license. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? At that point, you may be getting something a little older. You never... Bell and Ross. Look up Bell and Ross. Bell and Ross? Just go look at Google Images, Bell and Ross. What was the thing that you wanted to add after this segment for watches? Oh, yeah. You had mentioned uh, a KSP campaign in the future. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah. Oh, he's looking at Bell them. and Ross. Oh, these guys? Yeah. Look at images. Just look I at like images. Those. those aren't too bad. Very military flight watch style. Yeah, those aren't too bad at all. I like that. If you're looking at an advertisement of a guy in an F-16 uh, cockpit with a watch on his wrist, I like it's a BR, Bell and Ross ad every fucking time. I like the BR-0194 chronograph. I like <laughs> that. And carbon. I dig that. I don't care much for like the fucking weird designer, like the skulls and yeah, shit like that. I don't even care for that shit. That's not my thing either. Like um, 
They had a Black Panther one, I think, Rolex. Yeah. Maybe? Oh no, no, that was um, who was that? That was Adam RPK. Yeah, Adam RPK. That uh, was lame. Couldn't care. Yeah. Couldn't care less. I don't know. I, I would rather have the 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 Hublot um, smartwatch. Ooh, that's saying a lot. I've heard bad things about Hublot. Well, that's because it's a love or hate it company, and I right. hate it. But you know what? I would take a Hublot smartwatch with Android over <laughs> the, the 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 Black Panther Adam RPK, <laughs> even though I could sell the the Adam R for way yeah. way more, and I could get something nice. But it's the principle of the thing. I'm not going to do cape shit on my wrist. It's yeah. not happening. Yeah, but uh, no, I totally <clears throat> yeah. That uh, KSP thing is going to be yeah. really really fucking cool. Uh, explain that to me, because like I I've only tampered with KSP a little bit. You're saying I my my role. In the stream would be what? Mission control. So mission control. So in- so you are helping me figure things out. Okay. Uh, it's no like real active part in the game okay. until Kerbal Space Program Two comes out. It's gonna be multiplayer. They're gonna actually have active multiplayer in Kerbal Space Program Two. Damn. But uh, so you're you will be helping me uh, plan things out. Uh, trying to find out what's gonna be the most best equipment or payload on these rockets. Um, our, you're going to set goals. So like our next, uh, location, like our next where, how, what in the criteria for when we're going to grab science, um, science data and stuff like that, the specific equipment we want to bring on a mission. Um, and if we need any sort of, uh, information, like you're going to hop on the KSP wiki and bring up, you know, what is Keo stationary orbit? Oh, you're going to tell me like, you know, it's X, you know, meters, in altitude and mm-hmm. you need to have a period of 23.56 you know, you know so you're, you're going to be like the information source and you're going to prescribe goals um, assist me in making decisions on what the best course of action is going to be and like just more brain power for 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 this game to make more mistakes yeah and it's faster also, it's also and harder yeah it's also kind of like a role playing thing too yeah, so like you know yeah. you know design and engineering and then mission control whose money it is that we're spending um, it should be a lot of fun. Um, shit. Well, there Damn. I go kicking my whiskey. Um, it should be a lot of fun. I think, um, you know, so if you are interested in that and you're listening now, uh, hop over to the Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash the immortal 31 two. That is T H E I M M O R T A L three one two. And you'll be able to catch us live. Uh, you know, he'll be on Discord watching that'd the stream, be, and we'll be, be awesome. we'll be fucking just you know having a great time. It sounds like so much fun, dude. Just, I, I think that'd be. Great. And then when Carol Space Program Two comes out in 2022, I would consider getting that if if, yeah. if uh, planning was a whole live yeah. role. That'd be yeah. interesting. I mean, they have we'd more. have to get Ace to do that. So, part. So, no, we have to get Ace to do the planning. Oh my so god! So they have mods that uh, there's a mod for this version of Carol Space Program. Um, Does it make communications rely on line of sight? Yeah, so there's that, and there's also this one where it removes physical control. Fuck yes. Where you program the rocket to execute certain actions at X time. Yeah, so like a lot of quick saving, a lot of reverting. What's what's um, uh, Speaking of mods, right, for KSP, I know there's a shit ton. Um, And I know there's a shit ton for Arma, but is there a comms mod for Arma? Like... No, Leg- I don't think so. I have, I don't look too much like, in because I mods. want to suffer at my keyboard trying to get a fucking milspec radio to work. <laughs> I, I, you know how frustrated I, I want was. The full damn military. You, you know how experience. you need to you need to ask um, 
you need to ask Rex how fucking mad I was when we were trying to fill those radios the oh, other day. God. Oh my god. He yeah, no he was you. he was pissing himself with how yeah, funny he I thought it was. I don't, and, and you know how how inoften Rex laughs. Yeah, it's good. Uh, you really got it. You already cooked his goose. I sure did. I wasn't even trying. I was just upset and hot. Oh god. So today is Saturday. Um so we could probably record uh, or can stream the first uh instance of the Kerbal Space Program Mission Control thing tomorrow. That'd be something. Uh, whatever time you can let me know. Uh, I wake up, uh, you know, eight o'clock in the morning because of Ronan. So <laughs> there's no really sleeping in on the weekend. Mission Control can drink if it's on the ground. Yes. That's a rule. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm going to be drinking too. Oh, shit. The pilot is drinking. I'll be drinking. It'll be great. Uh, shit, if you even wanted to, you can come over. And and uh, that'd be cool. Well, I mean, shit. Well, tomorrow we want to go watch yeah, shopping. Yeah, exactly. And then you can just... Yeah hang around that'd be interesting and in the and the stream too so oh, you'll yeah. be live with us that'd be hilarious let me sneak at you on mic how does that gonna work i don't know fucking fuck it <laughs> um but yeah so yeah uh folks thank you for the shameless plug uh we're gonna go uh make sure you catch us on twitch uh live uh this is not gonna be up by the time that <laughs> by the time we stream <laughs> you missed the stream stupid yeah by the time we stream <laughs> but uh Please go ahead and catch us uh, in the future uh, while we stream. Uh, but yeah, that's going to conclude this uh, episode. Episode Fantastic. 8. Look at us. Episode 8. Whoa. Episode 8 of the Quantum Consumer Podcast. I have been Brandon. I've been Hayes. Thank you all. And as always, have a good one. Thanks for listening. The team at QCP hopes that this little hook has hit its mark and we end up seeing you live on Twitch or becoming a dedicated listener. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, have a good one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.